0: All right, back here on the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, theticketfm.com. It's it's an exciting weekend around Husker athletics, particularly Husker softball. They head to Stillwater. Um, We've been talking about it all week. We are joined once again this week on a Wednesday by Nate Rohr, the voice of Husker softball. Nate, have you had a chance to kind of settle down, relax? I mean, how much fun was last weekend? We talked to you after their game against Penn State, but how much fun were Ohio State and then obviously the Big Ten Championship against Michigan?
1: Oh, they were a blast. I mean, three very tightly contested competitive games. They faced three really good pitchers. Uh, Alex Tiraka is an All-American. Lexi Handley is all-conference. Bailey Partial of Penn State is an all-conference player. So Nebraska found ways to beat all three of them. Uh, You know, it was, I don't want to say a culmination of the season because, of course, hopefully there's more, uh, more things to be achieved this week and next week, perhaps. But, uh, you know, it it just put on display what this team has done and what they've been about all season long, very competitive, fighting hard, making adjustments, uh, not getting down on themselves and, and shaking off early deficits and finding a way to win so yeah last week was a ton of fun
0: we're speaking to Nate Rohr the voice of Husker softball Nebraska heads to Stillwater this week to uh face North Texas on Friday first of all okay Nate so you talk about kind of the adjustments they're 54 games into the season have you started to notice fatigue kind of settle in a little bit I mean or, or is that even a concern heading into the postseason right now
1: You know, it might have actually been more of a concern uh, during Indiana in that series. It didn't seem like the Huskers were as sharp as they normally are. That was the last weekend of the regular season. Uh, Didn't seem like they were as sharp as they normally are. Didn't seem like they had the fight that they normally have. So I had some concerns that they were kind of at the bottom of their gas tank there. Uh, but they took a deep breath. They came out. They found a way to win the other two Indiana games. And and then last week, I, I think they came out pretty sharp. They faced really good pitching all week uh, and somehow found a way to win three games. And Everybody's through finals. Everybody's through school. So now their focus can be entirely on softball. So I, I feel like there might have been a little dip uh, the last weekend of the regular season, uh, but I think they're on an uptick. With this caveat, I talked with Rhonda Ravel on Monday. The Huskers uh, had a had a normal practice scheduled at Boland Stadium Monday. Uh, and of course, the Huskers were less than 48 hours removed from winning the Big Ten title. And uh, as that practice went along, Coach Ravel saw that the effort was really good, but at the same time, it just wasn't as sharp, and so she decided to cut practice a little short and 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 give them some more time to recover. Because as fun as last weekend was, it was also really taxing. You know, it, you face great teams like that, and you find a way to win, and you have the big emotional outburst at, at the end. And the Huskers got back uh, to Nebraska late Saturday night. I know. Sunday, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, gas in my tank. And then, of course, Sunday, uh, you have the celebration at Bowen Stadium and the selection of the team in the NCAAs. So I I think the team was a a little tired, but I think they've had a couple of days to really take a deep breath and, you know, settle in uh, to the idea that they've won a Big Ten championship, and that was a lot of fun. But now more business is ahead of them down in Stillwater.
0: It's funny that you mentioned them not having school and finals being over because so I actually talked to Liv Farrell and Carly Seavers on Monday night as well and they, they mentioned that fact too. I mean, how big of a relief is it that they don't have to go back to the hotel or be on the bus or be on the plane or whatever and be doing homework every hour of the day or every minute, I should say, when they're not playing a game? I mean, how big of a relief is it for for these players to just be able to focus on softball ahead of the biggest tournament, I mean, that that they're playing in this season?
1: Oh, I think, it, I think it's a really big help. And when you think about you know, just how tough college is just by itself, just in the classes you take, and, and you look at this Nebraska softball team that's pretty accomplished in the classroom, so obviously you have to put some pressure and, and, and some drive on yourself to get done what they've gotten done in the classroom. And so to complete one of the two big tasks in your life, I just think it, it's a giant metal load uh, off the minds of so many of these players. And, you know, especially somebody like Kami or Courtney Wallace or Ani Raley, uh, those three graduated this semester. And uh, I know the stress I was under when I was trying to graduate. And I, I wasn't playing a Division I sports. So uh, imagine trying to do both. Well, they're done with that. They've got it done. And, and that's just a whole set of things in their mind that they can set aside. So um, I, I think it's really helpful, and I think it it, it will uh, make life a lot easier for this team as they get ready for regionals.
0: We're speaking to the voice of Husker Softball, Nate Rohr, here on the Happy Hour. Um, all right, so we talk about just kind of this season. I, I want to back up. I mean, they were a 500 team last year, uh, and, and mm-hmm. they've struggled the last couple of years. Nebraska Softball, I should say as a whole, like what has been the biggest adjustment that they have made? Because this season looks nothing like last year, if I do say so myself.
1: Well, Ronda Ravel has talked uh, pretty extensively about how hard this group has worked really since the last out of last year. And the work began in earnest last June in terms of uh, fostering leadership with the team, Rhonda Ravel, uh, the coaching staff, and and some of the leaders of this team would have Zoom calls, conversations throughout the summer to try and foster greater leadership, and to try and build a better attitude around the program. And when you have a good attitude, I mean, this this sounds cheesy and this sounds basic, but but it's true that if you have a good attitude. You get more out of the work you put in. So uh, they had a good attitude. I think they were committed in the weight room and, and in the batting cages throughout the summer. So they really just put in a lot of work, and, and that work has been in a positive direction throughout uh, because of that improved leadership. Uh, Rhonda Ravel's told me on several occasions uh, she hasn't had to coach effort, and she hasn't had to coach attitude. And when you've got those two locked in, it's amazing what you can do. And so uh, this team has, rather than, you know, fought itself and, and tried to just get the basic stuff done, uh, they've been able to stack good days on good days on good days. And, and, and so some players have, have taken a drastic step forward. Uh, you think of uh, Olivia Farrell. She's, t- she's pitching as well as she has pitched in her Husker career. Uh, Kim Ibarra is having as good a year as she's had as a Husker. Maya Felder's had a terrific year. I've been so pleasantly surprised by what they've gotten out of Abby Squire because, you know, you looked at Squire's numbers last year, uh, and she played some, and and she was a part of the lineup some of the time, but those numbers didn't jump out to you to say, hey, look out for Abby Squire. But that's what we were hearing from the coaching staff and and from people around the program throughout the fall and even into the spring. And and she's put together an all conference year to where she's not just a useful player; she's an elite player. She's an all conference player. So when you have people stepping up individually like they have, uh, of course that that builds some confidence and get you, gets you going in the right direction. And and, and it's just continued and snowballed for this team.
0: I want to talk specifically about Ronda Ravel for, for a brief moment because I looked this up. She's going to be coaching in her 21st regional in her career, which is pretty remarkable. Hall of Fame coach, obviously. But where does this season kind of sit on that pedestal for Ronda for Ravel, in your in your mind, obviously, since you've kind of covered the team and things like that? Uh, because this team is relatively young, despite, you know, Courtney and, and Liv and, and even Cammy Barr. So where does this season uh, 40 win season kind of sit on the pedestal in your mind of, of ronda Ravel's successes especially here in nebraska
1: well i think it's the best coaching job she and her staff have done i mean i i think in 2013 and 2014 uh both regional championship years and 13 they they went to the women's college world series they had more talent they had the edwards twins they had kiki stokes they had M.J. Knighton for the second of those two years, Alicia Armstrong, uh, Haley Decker. So I think the overall talent of those two teams was better, but I think this is the best coaching job she and her staff have done in my tenure of covering Nebraska softball. And I started, you know, four because there were just so many questions about this team coming in, Um, you know, the. Courtney Wallace had been decent in the circle last year, but it's not as if she was dominant, Uh, but she's been dominant at times this year. And Olivia Farrell has been dominant this year. And they've even gotten good work out of Galen Kinney. And then you feel one through nine, they've gotten improvement basically up and down the lineup. And you mentioned this was a 500 team last year and they lost arguably their best player from last year's team in Tristan Edwards. I mean, it's sort of a testament to how far this team has come that Tristan Edwards was such a focus of last year's team from the standpoint that pretty much the entire Big Ten stopped pitching to her. Uh, and, and you barely hear a peep about her this year because so many people, one through nine, have stepped up and filled her absence. So I think this is maybe the best coaching job Ronda Ravel and her staff have, have done uh, in a in a long and really successful tenure at Nebraska
0: we're speaking to Nate Rohr the voice of Husker softball kind of turned into a weekly conversation which I, I know I'm not complaining about um, okay so <laughs> let's look ahead now to the the Stillwater regional they faced North Texas on Friday how do we feel about the landing spot I mean geography had to play a pretty big deal in in figuring out where Nebraska went or, or am I wrong in saying that
1: no no you're right because Uh, I invite you to look at the Columbia Regional. (laughs) Uh, Mizzou made a late surge at at the end of the year and uh, played their way all the way into the SEC championship game. They were in the 20s in the national rankings most of the year Uh, and then played their way into the SEC championship game. And and in recognition of that, and I think also in – Recognition of the fact that the NCAA needed some different geography hosts for regionals, they put a regional in Missouri, and the Tigers have as their number two seed Illinois, and the Huskers finished better than the Illini in the regular season. They obviously went farther than them in the conference tournament, but. One, they didn't play, and two, Illinois can bus to Mizzou, but they cannot bus to Oklahoma State. Nebraska can bus either place, and to save some money as far as a a charter flight is concerned, the NCAA sent Nebraska to the tougher regional in Oklahoma State. So uh, I think geography was was front and center uh, in how this regional was formed, and uh, the NCAA wants to bust in two of the three visiting teams for regionals and mission accomplished with this one, but uh, I don't know that it's as competitively fair as maybe it should be.
0: Yeah, I noticed on, on the, when I was sitting at Bowling Stadium on Sunday for the, the selection show, I mean, the first thing that popped out before we heard the Huskers' names called were, was like Oregon having to go to Fayetteville, I believe, and I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a kind of a far trek for them as well. So I mean, that's that's 2 years in a row Nate that Nebraska's kind of been gypped last year on baseball and now now this year on softball. I mean, I, I'm not saying we should, you know, protest or anything, but I feel like Husker fans should do something about it.
1: Well, well, you know, it it's tough for Nebraska because they are kind of at a at a geographical uh crossroads. You know, you talk about Oregon flying down to Fayetteville there was nowhere for Oregon to go. There was nowhere that they could bust to because the only team hosting a regional in their 400-mile radius was Washington, and they won't put two teams of the same conference in the same regional. So there was nowhere for Oregon to go. And so the way that college softball has kind of gone and and the way the power has shifted – in college softball, strongly to the Southeast, not only with the Southeast Conference, but also in the ACC, anytime the NCAA can bust somebody to a regional and it's not just totally out of whack competitively, they're going to do it. And and that's what happened in this case.
0: All right, Nate, last one before we let you go. I appreciate you hanging on for such a long time here. All right, so I'm curious kind of to look ahead to seasons to come be I know the players and coaches aren't necessarily thinking about this right now but just kind of talk about what a 40 win season can do for the trajectory of the program because we talked about it I mean you look up and down the roster and Abby Squires a sophomore Billy Andrews is a sophomore Ava Bredwell is the freshman of the year obviously I mean a freshman in her case I mean what can a 40 win season and and a tournament appearance do for the trajectory of a program um, especially in college softball.
1: Well, I think it can it can absolutely change it, and uh, especially in this brave new world of college softball and college athletics with the transfer portal, uh, it would not surprise me if Nebraska's active in the portal to add a part specifically an arm after they lose Olivia Farrell and all the production she's put forth for this team. And so, as you as you go out and recruit someone. To transfer in as a pitcher, you can say, "Look, this lineup that you're getting back is one of the most productive in college softball, and everyone except Ibarra is back. So, if you come here, we can do some really special things. And that's one thing that's kind of changed with the portal is that things can move quicker. So, so often in college softball." Um, Recruiting happens early. It's been a fight in the sport uh, to try and curb early signing, early commitments, because you know so often people are committing as freshmen and sophomores, and and the world can change quite a bit after you start driving and you get two more years of high school and all that. And, and so, a season like this, say five years ago, may not have had the dramatic impact. That I think it can have now because Nebraska can more immediately recruit on this success and add pieces that will make an impact next year and moving forward. I think uh, the expectations of the season are changed, or for next season and moving forward are changed entirely, where, you know, next year you might have been hoping to be a solid regional team and maybe in the mix for the conference title. Now you're thinking about a conference title and possibly hosting a regional. So uh, it it just changes the trajectory of the program. And, uh, you know, last year was a step forward because of the addition of Billy Andrews, Sidney Gray playing half the year. But uh, this year was an even bigger step forward than just another year of improvement that that young core would have
0: suggested. All right, Nate. So I, I I would be remiss if I did not ask you to give a brief rundown on North Texas, Nebraska's first opponent. I mean, what should what should Husker fans be watching for at five p.m. on Friday night?
1: Well, it's a decent North Texas team. They come in pretty battle tested. They've played some high level competition. Played Oklahoma State really tough in in mid March. They haven't really beaten any A list foes, but. Uh, the offense right now is clicking. They scored a combined 26 runs over their three games at the uh, CUSA tournament, which they won. Uh, the offense is decent to good, uh, you know, just under six runs a game. Uh, they've got two pitchers, including Ashley Peters, who transferred from Purdue. So the staff is solid. Um, but this is still a game where I think Nebraska comes in with. With a, with a big advantage because they can hit it a little better than than North Texas and they can pitch it a little better than North Texas. So um, I, I I like the Huskers chances in the first round and then you go from there and see what you can do.
0: Awesome, Nate. Nate, I appreciate you staying a little longer than normal. Um, we had a really, really good conversation. Have a safe travel down to Stillwater and hopefully we get to talk to you next week. Hey, I, I would like
1: nothing more. It, it would mean that Husker Softballs put forth a good run. Thanks for having
0: me, Nick. Absolutely appreciate the time as always. That is Nate Rohr, the voice of Husker softball, joining us on the happy hour. Nebraska opens up the Stillwater Regional on Friday night at 5 p.m. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, me and Rico will wrap up Wednesday's show, my final show of the week, coming up next on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.